0: Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call Life in America Today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS
1: Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations.
0: Well, hey, folks, welcome to Raising Expectations for this week, and uh, I thought I'd make it real family-oriented, so I use that famous term, hi, folks. If you haven't heard folks, that means ladies and gentlemen in Texan. So we're glad that you're with us tonight. It's a pleasure to have you join us each week, and we hope that by joining the program and uh, being with us each week and the discussion of things that we can raise your expectations and basically, through the Lord Jesus Christ, give you some encouragement and give you some joy and Maybe even a good laugh now and then. There's, humor is important in life. There is enough of the others, so humor is a good thing to have. So we're coming for you tonight uh, live and direct. We're on BBS Radio TV, the greatest station there is uh, that you're ever going to find. And we really appreciate and love those guys. We, uh, My name is Pastor Joe Schofield. It's a pleasure to see you each week. And I get to introduce you to the greatest team of guys you could ever meet. They bless my life, and I thank God for them each week. So I want you to be, first of all, We go across the nation, starting in California. Some of you know the routine. We have on the West Coast in Lompoc, California. Lompoc, California. They're right next door to each other. They couldn't decide how to pronounce it, so they split the city. But anyway, we have Dr. Paul Hall with us. Paul has been a pastor for years. He's a Bible teacher, and uh, he's also a language linguistic specialist and helps me to get that language right. Lompoc, folks. Make sure you mark it down. (laughs) Yeah. Paul Felix all week long. He's loved by thousands of people. He's been a great pastor and teacher and my friend for 50 years. And uh, so we get to share and and, and be with you each week. So Paul Hall, drop a line to him. He's on on our Facebook page. Make sure you just drop him a line. Go to uh, our address. We'll give it to you later and say howdy each week to these guys. They're the best you're going to find. Also, if you go all the way to the East Coast, you find Stephanie and Dr. Craig Thayer. Stephanie is a wife, a mom, believer, health coach, and business leader. And, of course, her husband is a trauma surgeon, health coach, and a prankster. Uh, That's what he wrote on his page, and he said the hardest degree he got was the prankster one, I'm sure. So you're going to really enjoy, as you do each week, spending time with the Thayers. They'll be with us in a little while. Their son, they have one of their boys is 16. True, it's 16 years old today. We can take a moment. Some of you can think back far enough. You can remember 16, but he's 16 today. Most of us can't. Actually, we can. being men of faith, we don't want to fib. We do remember, but it's so far back we don't look. But anyway, they'll be back with us in just a little while. So all the way from Dalton, Georgia. Back to our favorite place in the center of the United States, that great South America state of Texas with Pastor Ron Greer. And uh, Ron Greer is a, one of the greatest guys you're ever going to meet. Uh, he's no longer shy, like we often say. He's come out of his shell. We've helped him a lot, right? <laughs> he's he's loved by thousands of people also. He works with, with Man in the Mirror. He's a men's discipler. He and his wife have pastored churches and helped people. All over uh, from all over the United States. Basically, this guy's something else. So we're really blessed to have our brother. Love this guy. Appreciate him. Ron, good to see you, brother. Glad you're here. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Amen. glad you're here. And you look great. The books look great, too. Amen. That's thank, you, thank you. Thank
2: you. <laughs> yeah, it's a long right. long, long uh, task to get this library put together like
0: yeah, but it's it's looking well. You did a good job, right, Paul? <laughs> oh, absolutely! <laughs>
2: Great job. Top
0: All problem. right. Hey, and to, and tonight, folks, we have with us uh, somebody is very very special. We have Pastor Cliff Poe. His wife Jeannie will be with him also. He is, as you know, the uh, co-founder and lead coach for Love Recon. Is based not only in Texas, but out of Atlanta, Georgia. Cliff is a writer, a counselor extraordinaire. He's been a great pastor serving churches in Texas and California before he became a great counselor working with Love Recon. So, Cliff uh, Poe, and he's also, I'm really blessed. I get to share him the day after Easter, all of us are going to just have a great family time with you. He comes, he's my brother in law. So, he's one of the best brother in laws you could ever imagine. So, Cliff, if he's still there, we want to welcome you and Jeannie, and welcome. He's got good library there too, Cliff. Welcome again. We're glad to have you with us tonight. So Stephanie'd be here to give you a round one, but we'll we'll get you. And there's Jeannie Beth. Hey, there she. Hi sis. So, so she's here. She's here. Boy, right, right there. So you guys are looking intellectual. We were talking about that a little earlier, Jeannie, before you came on. Yeah. So uh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, anyway Hey, Cliff, tell us, and Jeannie, tell us a little bit before we get going. And then, hey, Ron, uh, we sent the memo out. We all talked about it. We're going to just talk about family, Easter, and what Easter means to all of us. Maybe a favorite family tradition on Easter. But maybe before we go there, Cliff and Jeannie, tell us once again, because I know people have already texted that have seen you before on the program. and I'm really encouraged by what you're doing. And tell them again what you do briefly, and, and uh, maybe fill us in. Give us an address again. We'll get it at the end also.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) We just got done with a couple. Yeah. Yeah. We do, we do marriage coaching. We prefer to call it coaching uh, rather than counseling because it's not Mm. exactly therapy, but it is solution focused and forward focused and how you can actually use the tools that we would teach you to make your relationship work. So, so many of us, uh, perhaps I know Jeannie and I had been married 17 years before we realized we don't know what we're doing. This is a mess <laughs> and uh, we need help. And we just couldn't find the right kind of help. At least we didn't feel that we could. And so um, from our experience of that and, and painfully putting it back together, we felt called to help couples. And uh, like Jeannie said, we just just had a young couple leave the house a few moments ago. Uh, They're starting their life together and it would have just been awesome to be able to have the tools that we're giving them when we got married. Mm -hmm. So it's our joy to do that. It's our privilege. We love it. And uh, so that's what we're doing in our (laughs) twilight years. (laughs) Um, But I mean, we also do seminars. We do seminars about six or seven times a year. Uh, we have two coming up, one in Atlanta, June the 1st, no, yeah, June the 1st through the 4th, and then here in the Woodlands, Texas, just north of Houston, uh, June the 15th through the 18th. Uh-huh. And we still have room in both, space is limited, uh, but we'd love for for anybody who wants to work on their marriage to join us.
4: Come on.
0: And where do they go for that again? What's that address?
3: Love Recon. L O V E. R-E-C-O-N, loverecon.org.
0: I like it. Even I can remember that one, Ron. That's good. (laughs) I got that one down. All right. Well, that's great. That's great. You all do such a great job in helping people. And Cliff was a great pastor, and Jeannie was a great pastor's wife also. They helped countless people. He he founded a church. He's done all kinds of things. So if you go to that address and check on, I guarantee you, you're going to hear some exciting new things that will be tools that will impress, encourage, and strengthen you. Uh, You'll be really glad that you checked in with Love Recon with Cliff and Jeannie. It's going to be great.
4: There's all yeah. kinds of media and other um, things that you can avail that you can avail to. Yeah, there's blogs. blogs.
3: There's over a hundred blogs there on relationships. So uh, check that out. It's quite a library of blogs. Fantastic.
0: Oh, you said the, the
2: the date for the Atlanta's one is uh, June fourth. You said
3: first through the fourth. First through the fourth. It's a Wednesday through Saturday. All right.
2: Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds Fantastic. good.
0: All right. Hey, well, like we were talking, Cliff, earlier, we were, we thought it'd be a great thing to look at Easter. Uh, You know, all of us pretty much have been in church all our life on Easter. Uh, We were pastors. We were, grew up in the church, said a lot of things, music, drama, all kinds of things. But as we look at it now, and then we get a little bit older, we get to see things. We see a spectrum looking out more and more than we but imagine we look at the situations in the world and everything today. We thought we'd kind of have a two-fold thought and just bounce it around. Um, number one, what's one of the your favorite things you do with your family? Maybe you did this weekend with your family for Easter. Uh, maybe a tradition, something that's special. A lot of people have enjoyed that, picking up things like that. And another thing, how do you think that we can? In the world that we live in today, with the different ages, the different thinking, the different nation that we live in, how can we share Christ and the greatest story ever told at Easter, what it's all about? How can we share it individually, like Ron often talks about, corporately with friends, uh, and we're going to be doing things right here on Raising Expectations. So maybe, Cliff, if you're comfortable with this, If I start off with you, maybe you could share something, you and Jeannie, about that. And then we'll just pitch it over to Ron. Go from there, Ron. How's that sound? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Go,
2: Cliff. Yeah.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Jeannie and I spent the day pretty much serving. We We had Easter at the Pavilion. So the Cynthia, p- Mitchell Cynthia Mitchell Woods Pavilion here in the Woodlands it holds sixteen thousand people. Mm-hmm. We didn't fill it, but we probably had five or six thousand people there. Mm-hmm. It's one of uh, it's one of the top ten uh, amphitheaters in the United States. So uh, it was quite an event, mm-hmm. and we uh, we served in that event and we enjoyed that. Just seeing so many people who wouldn't ordinarily come to a church would come to the pavilion. And we got an opportunity to talk to a lot of people about small groups, what's going on in their lives. And so uh, we actually didn't hear the sermon uh, until we got home and we watched it on YouTube. So anyway, <laughs> we had a good time. We had Mexican food, which is a mm-hmm. tradition in Texas. Um, <laughs> You're had,
0: sitting by the one of the best Mexican cooks that there is anywhere. No he is okay. a great Mexican cook.
3: <laughs> yeah, nothing like an Easter taco. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was our our experience um, for me the most moving part was uh the i call them cardboard testimonies or poster board testimonies i'm sure you guys have seen these uh where someone will stand up there and they they will hold up a sign that said you I know i was an addict and and confused and broken They turn it around and it says, I'm healed and alive in Jesus Christ. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just a simple one sentence testimony. And it got me thinking about what my testimony would be if I were just to write a sentence or two, you know, on the front describing before Christ and one after. uh, Or in my case, I was, you know, saved as an eight year old child. I. I made a commitment to cr- to follow Christ as an eight year old child as much as an eight year old child can, and it was very real and very powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it was probably later in my adult life that I had some of the most profound um, changes. That so I could I could actually make two cardboard testimonies. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, my I-, I wondered, you know, I just got to thinking about what you'd put on yours. Somebody
0: wanna go first. <laughs> <laughs> what we what we put on ours? What do you think, guys? <laughs>
2: I'm gonna go first. So I'll take this one. I was lost. Then say now I'm found. <laughs> yeah. How's that? That's a yeah. kind of easy one. Low low bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I would I guess mine would be uh, uh, I life wrecked and filled with hatred and anger and flipped around i found christ and now i have joy forevermore amen man wow yeah it's good
1: love it i oh. can ponder that i you know there's so much to say my goodness i mean <laughs> and, um i was lost now i'm found i mean there that's a profound statement Lost. Yeah i've had people ask me what lost from where i mean how do you know you were lost you know so i was lost i was found i think uh i think at this stage in my life my cardboard testimony would be uh i didn't think it would be this way but it's better than i thought Uh, Uh,
3: (laughs) you know (laughs) that's good that's good
1: you know i've learned a lot along the way so i guess that would be a good one i guess that's
2: good that's good (laughs)
1: Uh, that's excellent
2: yeah
0: yeah
4: I guess mine would have been um uh growing up with low self-esteem but in him I I am and it's enough
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Wow.
1: I think I think things like this um I think we all kind of have those things in our heart it's it there's so much you know to choose from uh you know a, a, along the way um uh, i think that uh you know uh, dr fisher uh who's one of my professors in seminary made the statement uh that being a christian is becoming what you already are in christ mm-hmm. and uh i've I just like been that. on this journey of discovery you know for 60 plus years you know yeah. of what what did, what does that mean to be real and authentic i think that kind of hits you know cliff and jeannie to the ministries that you have you know um i think people come into relationships with their baggage packed and and hardly know how to be authentic what does that mean you know uh <laughs> and so i think and especially at easter time uh it's easy for us as christians those of us who walked with him for some period of time we have these thoughts in our mind that we can say amen to Mm. but we realize we're still on a journey if that makes any sense you know making ourselves known learning learning about other people uh welcoming them into our lives and sharing our lives Mm. you know so i don't know if that money's the water or not (laughs) (laughs) there's there's just so much to uh uh, the 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 Christian lifestyle, the Christian life—not lifestyle, but the Christian life—has um, so many wonderful facets to it. Um, Joe and I were talking today about the the, the message of Easter is so simple, <laughs> and and people work so hard to make it so difficult. And <laughs> not difficult. It's it's like a child can get their head around it. You know, like Cliff. Cliff said he found you know made a commitment to Christ when he was eight years old. Well, I was fourteen when I made my commitment to Christ but um and it it comes at different times and in different ways but i I just think that Easter time you know for those of us who've done so many Easter sunrise services and frozen <laughs> our tails off. <laughs> we can barely remember it's easy to lose the luster and the excitement and the joy of of easter of of what that really means um without easter you have no purpose for crucifixion i mean and so how, how do we how do we how do we relay that how do we communicate that to people in such a simple way um and of course we know the holy spirit does the work but um I think a lot of that comes through just being authentic and opening our lives to people, sharing our
2: story.
4: Absolutely.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's Sharing cool. your
3: story. I think that's key right there mm-hmm. because people can't really argue with that. And they can't disagree with that. Right. And uh, we all have a story to tell.
0: Yes. yes. Amen. You know, that looking at that card, it reminds you of something I, I wrote down here uh, trying to think about Easter. And I want to say something for the card. Um, you know it and I think about Easter, it looked like a disaster. <laughs> you think about it in the world. hope gone, dreadful defeat, but it was the watershed of all history, amazing victory, death was defeated. Mm. okay, that is something that a preacher would say, right? <laughs> so <laughs> right, so and and the world I do and the people we meet now they would stop and think about that if they really believed who you were. Mm -hmm. And I guess if I had that card cliff, like the guys had said, I would say something like, uh, like this. Um, What was I going to say? It was good. (laughs) Proving to you. I'm a senior. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, You said when I first became a Christian, I remember that when I was nine years old with Dr. Jack MacArthur, John MacArthur's dad. Mm. And then I remember when I really gave my life to him a few years later to go to Hardin Simmons where I got to meet you guys. Um, and I threw the hymn down on the ground. But at that point, my line would have been something like, um, at this point, it would be because of the years that have gone through. You said you would be there. And you always have been. Mm-hmm. And that would lead me to think something like trust truly equals truth revealed, mm. and so the more you wade through the storms, the more the weather changes, like we're always saying, the weather change in Texas or you don't like it, stick around. <laughs> the more the weather changes, the more your trust becomes real, and the more you know that he's there um so sometimes. When we're younger, you know, we have all the answers. We load our guns. We're going to be the next Billy Graham we've got with our gospel bullets and take <laughs> on the world. And then we find out a lot of them are blanks. I'm huh, <laughs> <So, so, laughs> oh still works. He says, when you're ready, I'll get rid of the blanks and load it for you. correct? Right. <laughs> so that's a great illustration. You gave us uh, with the yeah. um genie with
2: the cards. I also want, want to, to say, uh, I'm sorry.
4: Oh.
2: No, no. Go ahead, go ahead,
4: I'll not forget because they were from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, she came out, just you know, beautiful lady, came out and said, "I was an atheist and I didn't believe." And then when she flipped it over, she just beamed, saying, "But now I know." And I shared it with my seventy-three-year-old mother
2: uh. <laughs> and <let her laughs>
4: twice. Uh-huh. So. It
2: was just such a profound change in her life. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I, one, of the, one of the things that uh, you ask about Easter, you know, we don't have much of a traditions. I mean, well, other than getting together and eating too much, but <laughs> 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 Man, <laughs> outside <you>. of that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no significant ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do um, um, just make it a habit of finding a way to kind of reread, uh, the, the story, and reread the the, the prophecies, mm-hmm. uh, primarily to to rem- just to remind myself, in my mind, you know what this this, this sort of history changing, earth shattering, unimaginable event was, and then and why it matters so much. Uh, because it's like Paul said, you know you you know you you get it gets to be routine and stale, and you you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Afterwards, just just another Sunday that you kind of go through, and I I I, uh, I I always try to guard against that because again it's it's too significant to to kind of disregard or even, even take lightly. I, you know, I don't think that Christians should ever ever get to a point where the resurrection gets to be blasé, normal. Uh, because as Paul said, and I and the and Saint Paul says, <laughs> yeah. without the resurrection, you know, everything we do, think, and believe is is for naught. It's nothing. We're fools. You know, if, that, if that one event didn't happen, nothing else mattered. Yeah. Um, Man. You know, and the, the other part of that is remembering because I, this would sound a little weird, but uh, one of the uh, fascinating things about reading the, 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 the Good Friday and up Jesus, you know, sort of turmoil the night before he's he was betrayed and all those sort of things is that you look at it and it's a horrific sort of scene uh, and it's dark and it's hopeless. And it's, it's like this can't work out well. You know, and you think a whole day, there's absolutely nothing other than just knowing that this whole thing is over. Yeah. And then out of that silence, boom, Sunday morning and then the entire world changes. Right. Uh, the very guys who ran away and hid and who denied on and on and on in a matter of hours. Now they're willing to give their very lives for this one thing. Um, and, if, and for me, it's always reflective of what I, how I see my life. Right. Uh, I lost in prison cell and, you know, a bunch of criminals. Your life is, is completely dark, gloomy, and there's nothing good to come out of this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, God grabs my attention in a prison cell. Mm-hmm. And it's like the entire world changed. Yes. Oh, making that commitment. So you were from this dark, gloomy, <sighs> horrible, angry environment. In the exact same environment transformed to become this light, and mm-hmm. nothing else has been the same since. Amen. So from from darkness into light, and never left this, never left the prison. Yeah. Amen. We had some real excitement in Lompoc uh,
1: this past Sunday. <laughs> that was huge, Joe. In Lampok, uh, we're we're the home of Vandenberg Space Force Base. Then not that? Something? Oh, right. Space Force Base Sunday morning. Easter morning, a little bit after seven o'clock or, or just around seven o'clock, there was a launch of a satellite, a, a rocket. Wow. Wow. And I talk about hello, thinking Jesus is coming back right now. <laughs> uh, it was exciting because it shook the windows, uh, you know, boom, boom, boom. And then it was
2: unannounced because it was, can't yeah, know you. It, was,
1: it was a SpaceX <laughs> rocket uh, and, and the first stage booster came back. Well, when it comes back down to land on that barge, it breaks the the you know sonic boom. Right. So we got a we got like a, a double hit, and it was it was it was pretty exciting. You know that's that's the way. You know, right there. Um, I, I'd like yeah. to. Um, there's a verse of scripture I I I used uh, this past Sunday in our Bible study, and I thought it was really fascinating. I've kind of read over that and and caught it, but really didn't catch it uh and working on it but the scripture says this uh and let me set the scene real quick uh Mary has been to the tomb the body of Jesus is gone the stone is rolled away um John and Peter have run to the tomb uh and uh, we know that Peter went in John stood on the outside uh but when john looked in the scripture says before this moment before this moment none of them understood the scriptures <laughs> And why he must be raised from the dead, mm. you know. And there, the the people who don't understand those scriptures, I mean, it's it's just, uh, you know, it's 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 boggling. Mm. But what's boggling is that people who've been walking with him for three years. Uh, and heard him teach how many times about the resurrection and but but up until this moment and so sometimes I have to ask myself well what does it take you know what does it take for Ron you were in a prison cell boom the light came on there it was you know uh and and I think that's it's a wonderful testimony as Jeannie said from all walks of life uh you know that that Christ is changing lives. Mm. Um, one other quick illustration if I may I had a friend in seminary who uh, who gave his testimony uh, in our church one time and uh, he had uh, he had a colorful life and uh, <laughs> it, it would fit it, it would fit a, if you wanted to write a book on great testimonies, this would be a great testimony you know and, and so without going into his life. Uh, not all of it was really good, most of it was really bad, pretty ugly. A lot of things he'd been involved in, a lot of people he'd hurt along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and his heart had been crushed. And uh, after he gave his testimony, I was talking to him and uh, I called his name and, and uh, we were having a conversation. I said, You know, it's really kind of interesting. Um, people who hear a testimony like that, uh, you know, I said, I And naively, I said, I could never begin to match that in terms of, you know, and (laughs) that was a dumb statement. That's the way it came out. okay. And he's and he made this statement. And I'd like to plant this in people's minds. You know, Um, he said to me, he said, Paul, be grateful that by God's grace, he saved you from having to go what I had to go through to come to him. You know, and so. For those people who were raised in Christian homes and grew up in church and and just made it just this natural move into relationship with Jesus. uh, You know, their testimony is not any less sparkling and 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 redeeming and wonderful uh, than than the the guy like uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, who was hunting Christians down and killing them, you know? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I I think it's important that we, we keep that in perspective, you know, that he died for one, he died for all. And regardless of where we come from, he's a redeemer. And it's, it's, it's remarkable. And what a, what a gift
2: that he gives to us, you know? so That's profound. That's good. Amen. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I, you and know, one, what,
4: one of the traditions that Bethany does with her kids that's is our daughter. that's our daughter, Bethany. As mm-hmm. they bake resurrection rolls, have you ever had those
2: resurrection rolls? Wow, uh-huh. good. They look that's like a cinnamon
4: roll, but they put mm-hmm. they plant inside a the cinnamon roll. They plant a, a marshmallow, and then when they bake it and <laughs> wow. they open it up, the tomb is empty. <laughs> Oh, how cool! Oh, about that? good. Yeah, they they <laughs> love that, they, but it, it's it's a it's yeah. a way of teaching teaching your children that the tomb is empty and the cross was not the end. Right. Literally. I love
2: that. That's right. I love that. <laughs> that. I got I, I got to steal that idea. I got to go look <laughs> for that recipe. Steal <laughs> <free to> <laughs>
4: <Yeah,
3: laughs> you. So have have I ever asked you guys? I can't remember if I have on a previous show or not, uh, but why, why did Jesus die? What did he die for?
2: Who wants to go first? <laughs> go ahead, Ron. Go, Ron. You're right. There. I mean, die to pay the debt, pay the debt. Yeah, it's uh, God required a, 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 the spilling of blood to pay for the offense of our sinfulness against his holiness. And there would be had to be, it had to be well, redeemed faithful. That's why I like to study scripture too. You look at the
0: old testament whenever they would, uh, you know, slay a, a lamb or something, the, the blood would cover over the sin. But uh, when I was teaching Bible class, I used to tell them, Cliff, can I say this? Yeah, I guess I can. But I used <laughs> to tell them, and I'd really get their attention wrong. <laughs> I tell all the students, I'd say, Okay, guys and gals, listen up. I said, You probably like me. I said, If if I it got everything right in my life with God. And I was right there, uh, you know, like Abraham, and the, the altar was there and it did everything Levitically right, the law. And, you know, We sacrificed the lamb, the blood was shed, my sins were covered over, I could now talk with God. Just when I would go to talk with God, I'd probably stub my toe on the bottom rock and go, damn, I have to start all over again. <laughs> and the kids would go, we could do that. I said, of course we can. I said, here's the deal. When Jesus did it, like Ron just said, Cliff was saying, he didn't cover him over. He washed them away as far as the yes. east is from the west. And as our dad used to say in NASA, you're not going to find that goes as far as far is. Yes. So, yeah, he died on the cross for our sins. And those are incredible thoughts, huh, Cliff, what yes. they do for us. Paul, you got a thought on that? Okay. so this, <clears throat> Oh, sorry. No, yeah, stay please. with
3: that. So he died for our sins. Oh, I'm is sorry. Cliff? Did what? So how did he die?
1: Paul? Paul? (laughs) Persepiction.
3: Yeah, he died. why, Why couldn't, like, Ron was talking about a while ago in the Garden of Gethsemane, when the temple guard rushed in, why couldn't they have just driven a sword through Jesus, killed him, an innocent man, you know, for our sins, and done it in a painless way? I mean, it was cruel the way they did it. So there,
2: there would have been three prophecies that would have been completely violated if that had taken place, and, and God's oh. truth and sovereignty in his word would have been questionable after that. So it
3: had to be the cross. That so one. why? Why did it have to be the cross?
2: Hmm. But you got me on that one. <laughs> what do you think, so, Cliff?
3: So what was the cross? A beautiful... Ornament that you wore around your a little neck. Little ornament, oh, you know, yeah. Amazing. yeah. It
2: was cool. <laughs> Fashionable thing.
3: <laughs> like it's like wearing an electric chair or a right. hypoglyphic needle around your neck. Yeah. The number one
0: executioner of its time. Executionist tool of its time, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So who got who got killed on crosses? Who got crucified?
2: Well the well, enemies of the of the, uh, horrible enemies of the Roman government. Yeah. Primarily thieves and schwindlers who challenged the, the authority of, of, of the Roman uh, of Rome or, the, or Caesar.
3: Absolutely criminals. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of following that. So Jesus was stripped naked, basically mm-hmm. hung on a cross mm-hmm. as a criminal. Why? He died oh, for our sins, but what else?
0: You think, Paul?
1: Well, bo- the, the scripture uh, guy, I lost my thought. It just went right <laughs> out of my head. you know? Uh, you're, you're old. <laughs> I know. Uh, it'll come back later,: uh, so. Yeah.: well, <laughs> well, what I'm trying to get at
3: is he died for our sin. Right. Oh,
1: the scripture says, <laughs> that "He who knew no sin became sin." On our behalf, that, that we we could not live a life worthy enough. We could not live a life to be good enough uh, yeah. to merit uh, being united with God in eternity. You know, uh, we we were we were guilty, you know, lawbreakers.
3: Absolutely. We were guilty. We deserved it. It was our right. we should have died. But he died in, you know, he died as a criminal on a cross. What kind of what kind of death was that?
2: Oh, horrific.
3: Horrific. <laughs> I'm getting for, I'm going for shame. <laughs> yeah. I'm going okay, for shame. shame yeah. Because so shame. many people haven't heard the good news mm-hmm. that Jesus died for their sins and mm-hmm. their shame. Yeah. Okay. As a believer. I carried my shame because I thought I could fix it, or I could make it right, or I could be mm-hmm. good enough. I knew mm-hmm. Jesus had saved me, and my sins were covered. But I, had, I didn't know there was no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus Romans eight mm-hmm. Amen. That's right. So what I'm, that it was a horrific, so,
4: shameful way to die. First of all, being stripped naked, right, beaten up dragging a cross in front of everybody and Mm -hmm. then actually being nailed on it.
3: So many people that we deal with, even, even people who aren't, you know, aren't Christians have shame Mm -hmm. and it's debilitating Mm -hmm. because of things that have happened to them because of things they have done because of circumstances, maybe growing up in poverty or having alcoholic, substance abuse parents or whatever they've grown up with or felt the shame and uh it's all about who they are and so for me that's one of the biggest trans transformative experiences I had was learning that my shame was covered I'm set free he has no shame that's part of what my cardboard testimony would be yeah there you, okay shamed and afraid and now you know set free and no shame confident no shame no shame
0: that's such well, a good such a good lead in there that is, that is really good um I, I i guess what i'm thinking of too cuz you deal with them all the time Gene and cliff and i know ron you do with the guys all over and paul um, for me to guy today or a person today, coming out of a millennial situation, coming out of a world that's uh, a lot different circumstantially and from constitutionally, from the law, from everything else that we can find from from the the lack of certain words like loyalty, uh, all the things we grew up with for each other, a lot of times that's missing. Hmm. hatred for corporate America, hatred for this, that, and the other. And I don't want to divert us down a political street right now. I want to stay right where we are. But I guess I'm saying that in light of the fact that, um, you know, John chapter 14 means so much to me. How can we guys and lady, um, when we deal with people, and, and you two do that a lot. Actually, you do probably also. How can we deal with people that I'm thinking come to the place and they say, Yeah. Number one, I don't want to hear what you Christians say. I don't believe in it. Woke is a religion to me. I believe what I believe, and I don't really want to hear anything about it. Okay, we know that we can't lead anybody to Christ It's the work of the Holy Spirit. All we can do is infuse an argument or make somebody angry. Okay, so second step, what do we do with somebody at that point? I believe anyway, and see what you guys chew on it, that especially at this point in our life, in the world that we live in, The way we relate to people, and I bet you all have to do this a lot in counseling or, excuse me, in coaching. The way we simply try to live what we do and the way we do, as Cliff said, the release of shame and the way we understand what the scripture means to us and not let it get old, like Ron said, that we share what it means in our lives by the simplest things that we do, trying to live like Christ for people. And when we get to all this place, there is something that I'm finding people saying to me, some of the millennials I talk with and others, that they can't explain, that I can't explain to them. I can tell them what the Bible says, but I can't really explain it. Hmm. They get the big one, two, three, four, five-letter word that Cliff just alluded to. Shame wasn't five. Is that five, one, two, three, four? Well, that's six. (laughs) (laughs) But that shame is gone. They get a piece. There's nothing in this world that can bring peace except the ability to trust. And sometimes, a Swindoll used to say, it's two steps forward and one step back. But you trust, and you keep moving forward. Paul Hall is one of the greatest purveyors of the word trust that I've known in my whole life. You trust God a day at a time, and he brings what? Peace. He goes from the beginning of the, the 14th chapter to that 27th verse. And then he goes to the commandments, and somebody said to me, yeah, well, I know he's free, but what about the commandments? I said, he keeps them through you. You can't keep them. You can't live the Christian life. He's got to do it through you. So uh, once we get rid of the shame, Christ can take over at that point, and he makes a difference. So I think today, when it comes to Easter today, like we said, we need to live the truth, as Ron shared of what Easter is, live it in such a way that people find it, oh, my God. I hear people say that so much. From the movie, The Sinking of the Poseidon Adventure, whenever there's an emergency, everybody says, oh, my God. Really, is he? (laughs) But actually, when they stop and say, where did this peace come from? I really believe what he's saying because, gosh, where does it come from? And he's in the midst of storms or she's in the midst of storms and she has a peace. How does that work? It doesn't work any way except Jesus. And it all got paid for at Easter and the shame is gone. So I talk too much, but that's something I think is really important because we're making a difference, guys. I get texts, Ron. We're making a difference, just like when you speak to men and and you guys in counseling and Paul. The people, the world out there may not go to church. They won't touch the door of a church right now. We need to keep praying for our church. It's the bride of Christ, and we love it. But at the same time, all those people who are failing and falling and tripping out of woke, they're going to need us to tell them, "Hey, you know something." I can't give you all the answers you want, but I know someone who can, and his name is
2: Jesus, and
0: you live it. Okay, well, would you know, pass you off and play it now? I'm sorry. Oh. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Ron. <laughs> uh, one, of the, uh, one of the new initiatives with Man in Mirror, it's something we've been doing, but now we've formalized it. Uh, so we started another sort of division in our ministry called uh, Mirror Labs, and it, it's devoted to actually doing active research uh, targeting those, uh, say late twenties up to late forties, uh, mm-hmm. men, uh, because, uh, one of the things that, uh, a lot of pastors are coming to understand, uh, some of them, they finally kind of open their eyes that they're leaving the churches in droves. Yeah. Uh, there are countless churches I work with who are now even forming uh, study commis- committees and taking surveys and trying to figure out why. This huge, once huge, uh, church, traditional church, is dwindling, and then right down the street, less than a mile away, uh, an old car dealership that's exploding. As the church started there, by and I went to visit the first time, and my wife and I both were uh, found it noticeable. We both commented to each other. We didn't see anybody with gray hair out <laughs> of the two or three hundred people there. It, it was it was just a startling thing, and you go, okay. Uh, why is that? Uh, mm. And, you know, there's and everything about it is non-traditional also. But on, but uh, uh, an aside, well, on, uh, including when well, I was in plus on top of that, and get my words out here. We've discovered and been running into a number of sort of independent uh, groups. Like, for instance, I meet with uh, three guys every, on a week every week. Only one of those guys go to a church. The other two don't. Um, and then I, there are a number of other smaller groups who I, I sort of advise and, and meet with. Uh, you might have 40 or 50 men who meet weekly, and none of them are, are, are connected to any particular church. Uh, so it's, I say all that to say that there's, a, there's a, a crisis taking place. And part of what we're discovering and what you know, I'm trying to teach younger men is. You can learn all the arguments you want. You can learn all the terminology you want. Uh, but if you cannot connect with people, then it doesn't matter. And unfortunately, we live in our, our society now, thanks to social media and a number of other things. It's sort of um, jaded people to traditional ideas, traditional terms, on and on and on. So uh, how do I communicate uh, the, this, this, this Christ to of 35 or 40 year old who've been inundated with all these other, uh, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's nothing that's really true, blah, 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 on and on and on. Well, what he cannot argue with me about is that I'm the guy who stood there and entertained his conversation in the mm-hmm. middle of a store without rushing off, without judging. Now, mind you, he's, he has a dress on, a pair of snow boots, a bunny hat, and makeup on. And Everyone else who walks past him, who snickers snickers at him, who does other things, they just keep walking. Yeah. So, a guy walks up to him and asks him, Hey, tell me about yourself. You know, what's your name? Blah blah blah. And I'm talking. Well, he, he doesn't understand what I want, I don't want anything. <laughs> I just want to relate to you. Yeah. And so, uh, and same with Sai. I mean, oh, I should to say his name. Uh, the young one of the young men, uh, we live in an Indian neighborhood. And so one of the young men that, that I meet with weekly is, is the son of an Indian couple down the street. Um, why? Because this weird guy, sitting and spent three hours to, uh, with him talking about military aircraft, which he's obsessed with. And in between, they're now talking about politics. And not once did I criticize him. Not once did I say that that's stupid enough at all. And he, he, he believes nothing <laughs> that I believe until it came to those, those few subjects. So now we meet every week, uh, once a week, and we study the Bible. And it's not I don't go and say, okay, we're gonna study Romans five. I say, here's the deal. You decide what what questions you come to mind this week, whether it's something to make you angry, you know, something some Christian said or something, whatever it is, whatever the question is, you tell me in advance, and then we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Amen. So he he's not he's never been to a church <clears throat> and probably not going anytime soon. So all all that to say that it's not just that you know evangelism training that we learn to learn these 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 uh, skits and the phrases the things to put together. We have to be that appealing Christ to other people. We need to go where they are, and not sort of judge them or or we respond to their shame. Okay, you're a homeless guy sitting on the street. You stink. There's feces next to you. But I want to I want to touch. You. I want I want to connect with you. Uh, why? Because I want to know you. And go from there. It's a you know, but it. We aren't trained to do that. But anyway, sorry. No, on. no, that is so
0: good today. Maybe you saw on the news. I want to jump in and kick this to you guys. Sorry. But, uh, and I believe it was Shawnee, Shawnee State University. I think it was in Indiana where the court finally came through and the case was made. There was a really great professor. He was a Christian. He looked to be a sharp guy. There was a, a, a transgender there that wanted to be named and called by his female name and he wouldn't do it, the teacher.
2: Mm. And the
0: teacher said no. And anyway, the, the school backed him. he was very kind to him. The school backed him and then the school turned on him with the woke pressure. And what happened in that is that uh, he went to court it took since it took four years, three years it's come through court, and he won. he won everything. and that the question was asked after that was so great. What about the individual you spoke with? And Ron, just like you said, this man said, oh, we're good friends. Mm-hmm. He said, in fact, he did very well in my class. He's going to get a very good grade. And and I, I think he's a very, very intelligent person. Mm-hmm. He said, but he knows now that as a Christian, I can't speak to him this way. Yes. Exactly what you're saying, right on the cutting edge. And, the, and this young man has a piece. Mm-hmm. So... So, Paul, what do you think on that? We, I'm sorry, we're going here. we we got like ah. four and a half minutes. Jump in with us. Sorry,
1: Paul. It's Cliff, it's I think Cliff hit the word on the head when he used the word shame. Yeah. I think in our culture, it appears that there's an effort to take the shame away from everything. You know, if it feels right. Do it. It must, you know, I, I believe it. Why do you believe that's true? You could ask a person, well, because it feels like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and so if you remove that shame, Paul felt no shame, Saul felt no shame when he was hunting Christians down. I mean, he was proud of it. Uh, and but the shame right. hit when he was confronted, you know, with pure love, you know, when Jesus <coughs> said, Why why are you persecuting me? Amen. Uh but I think shame is uh you know, if you can factor that out of the equation, you know, where people right. feel no shame. Uh you know they're going to continue to do what they're going to do uh joe and i were talking earlier today about the about attendance in churches across the country uh on any given sunday morning um 90 of the churches in in the, the land have less than 100 people in attendance mm-hmm. you know uh and, and so now 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 <laughs> we can look at the united states that's where we live obviously but God's doing remarkable things outside the borders of this country. I mean, touching lives, changing lives. Uh, and, and he will do the same if we just, I, you know, I think the scripture says something about that. Doesn't it <laughs> humble ourselves and seek a little it, bit <laughs> turn from our wicked ways uh, that he'll hear and he will heal. Well, where does, where does it begin? It begins in our hearts. And if we can't, if we can't experience the shame of, of uh of our misdeeds and our crummy attitudes you know then god help us because that that's that's the beginning of the breaking point that brings us to him you know i think crisis is an amazing thing we we like to avoid crisis but <laughs> crisis is the very thing that drives us home
2: sometimes yeah. i think I have, I have another take on that um so as you said we we worked with uh couples and then uh, individual men. uh primary ex-prisoners, ex- ex- uh, guys struggling with drug, drug addiction coming out. Um, one of the things that, 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 that fascinates me is that you have, so everybody has this idea that I, if, I just, allowed to, if I just do what I want to do without anybody opposing me, then I get rid of that, 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 that guilt and shame, right? If it's all acceptable. But whether it's homosexuals, uh, we did a lot of work with uh, homosexuals and folks who were ex-gays at the time. Yeah. But I found in every single group, whether it's XK, prisoners, drug addicts, even the prostitutes we work with, they did what they wanted to do without anybody objecting to them. And the one thing they were all filled with was shame. Mm-hmm. It's like the, it. the thing that, that they thought would be gone was there. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the married couples, it's it, like Joe said, it's, it's usually once you peel the, the onion back, there's a shame that goes there to self-inflicted shame, mm-hmm. not necessarily from outside. It's what we carry ourselves. Uh, the
4: acronym that I like to use is shame is self-hatred accepting my enslavement.
1: That'll work. Perfect.
4: That's
0: Perfect. good, Jeannie. Yes. That's good. Well, guys, I'm looking. We've got two and a half minutes. Gosh, I wish we had another hour. This is so joy yeah. cool. <laughs> Enjoying this. Cliff, is there something you, that we all got going with you? You wanted to say, sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, got all his notes <laughs> there.
0: What was the question? <laughs> I just wondered if you had something you're going to roll with, but I, you know, I, I got to say this real quick. Uh, yeah, but just before I close off. Um, Folks, I'm going to use that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know that you're the people who support Raising Expectations. And I don't have my sign tonight, but we're getting this commercial ready to go. So without the sign, you have to visualize it. That's high tech. So here it comes. I know you can see it. BBSradio.com forward slash capital R, Raising Capital E Expectations. BBSradio.com forward slash Raising Expectations. A lot of you have been helping us along and so appreciative of helping us. If you can make a love gift or a donation, just go to that website and uh, you'll bless us in a special way. And we'll continue to come to you each week with great discussions. Just while you were talking, Cliff is interesting. Uh, two people texted me with answers. We are going to have to put the phone lines up guys and let people start it pretty soon. Cause this is wonderful. They're coming in and they want to join in with us. Does they really appreciate what we're saying? So, uh, Paul, uh, I've got, I, I I got one minute. <laughs> one minute. Anything you
1: want to zap out with? Just I'm proud of you, Cliff and Jeannie. Stay with it, and God's God's doing some neat things, you know. And and keep telling your story, you know. Like said, you know. And and Ron, uh, your insight, uh, you know. I hope people kind of open their minds and their hearts to hear, you know, uh, out out of your heart you know uh, what what god's doing and uh, joe just uh you know what a joy so just want to encourage you you know keep fighting the fight you You know keep looking up that's good yeah no ron love you guys
0: appreciate you wrong everything you said cliff Jeannie. i love you guys double time so uh glad for being with us tonight paul my confidant brother and brother for 50 years 50 something years Okay, we're going to sign off, folks. Remember, bbsradio.com forward slash Raising Expectations. Let us hear from you. Keep those cards and letters coming and send texts. go to the website, talk to Ron, talk to Paul, talk to Cliff and Jeannie. Get on there and sign up for their show and, uh, excuse me, for their coaching (laughs) session.
3: (laughs) Hey, remember, with a $50 gift to raising to Joe Schofield, Right. for raising Oh, that's equity. right. I forgot
0: about that. Yeah. Now don't
3: forget to tell them free session. If you make a contribution. So yeah.
2: It'd be awesome. That'd be great. That would be awesome. We sure could it use be, it. And with enough con- uh, contribution, we can do two hours and get full on conversation. There you
0: go, Ron. <laughs> there you go. All right. Love you guys. Signing off. And uh, we miss the Thayers. God bless them. I hope you have a great evening. And we'll be back next week with them. Cliff, Jeannie, God bless you. Love you. Okay. Bless you guys. God bless you. Guys. See you God later, folks. Thanks so, so much. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom... It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.